Hello, and welcome to Dodecahedron, a podcast by, for, and about roleplayers. I'm Jess Vetters. And I'm Colin Lamoth. Every week we get together to talk about a range of gaming-related topics, from creating a character to running a game, and you know, what it all means for people who share a favorite hobby. Now, we may not be experts, but we do have pleasant voices and a wealth of gaming experience that we're eager to share with you. Our topic today is how to recover from an off-session. But before we get into that, Colin, together we've been off for a couple sessions. Yeah. Mostly because you were giving me some time to rest and recuperate, and mm -hmm. I used most of that to um, stress myself the hell out. So how have you been outside of all of your Gen Con recovery stuff? Well, I've been mostly just recovering on my end and trying to get all of my games back into like a you know, ordinary session, but I'm pretty heavy into wedding planning. I'm getting married next month now. Yeah, next month. Oh, shit. <laughs> so um, since I'm getting married in October, we're, we're planning up to the big day. So there's a lot of planning that still needs to be done. And um, that that certainly can cause some issues with the regular, with the regular gaming schedule. What helps is that most of the people in the groomsmen party happen to be people that I game with. So that's convenience. You know, I find that gaming groups, if you're playing with the same people consistently and it is a friend group, it kind of tends to be some of your best friends if you're doing things right. That's for sure. It really does work out that way. I mean, if you think about it, Every week, every other week, or once a month, you're getting together with people, solving a myriad of topics. Uh, generally, you're exchanging stories about your lives, you're talking about issues that you've been having, you're troubleshooting. So, like, these are generally people that, for the most part, you should get along with and enjoy spending time with on a prolonged basis. So they yeah. do tend to be the people that are closest to you. And the longer you do it, the closer they get. It's true. Dangerously close, you might say. Dangerously cheesy. <laughs> Wait, that's a different thing. That's that's a good callback, though. Is it? Thank no, you. But it is. Uh, I I will actually be in Indiana at the end of October, also for a wedding, but it's not going to be yours. I know. Because all of this timing just happened to land in such a way where it's like, oh, well... I could try and find a way to spend half of the month of October back home. Or I could be realistic and spend like three days there for my brother's wedding. And, That's you fair. know, in, in the hierarchy of things... Yeah, that does trump. That does trump. I've, I have known the kid his entire life, so... Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's that. Be there. But man, weddings... Uh, one of these sure. days, one of these days on this topic, we're going to have to talk about, like, romance in games. Ooh, that is an interesting topic to discuss. I feel like I'd want guests for yeah. it. Yeah. Because I can tell it from, like, a storytelling perspective, but I can't really get that much into, like, what it's like to have a romantic relationship in a game as a player character with someone that you don't have a rela uh, romantic relationship with, you know, in the real world. I can't, Just I can't talk to like that touching on that for a moment one of the players in my recurring monday night games which used to be my wednesday night games if you've been listening since we started this podcast uh we 
keep toying with the idea that our characters are eventually going to end up together, but my character is, um, how do I say this lightly? A uh, huge slut. <laughs> At least you're honest about it. Oh, yeah. No, like, I. let's be real. I play high charisma characters partly with the intention to just, like, Bang all of the fun fantasy people. <laughs> That's a so, legitimate strategy. That is a legitimate strategy. Hey, man, especially when you're playing D&D, it works. But... <laughs> they made a book we'll, for it? Well, somebody made a book for it. The, uh, the Book did. of Erotic Fantasy is not an official it's, release. It's so weird. I do have that PDF. <laughs> You would. Of course I would. <laughs> How could I not? Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't even with that. And you don't have to this week. Because uh, but... this week is all about figuring out how to deal with those sessions where things just kind of don't go right. And how and to come that back. Means, that means so many different things in context. Because it, it can, can be... Like, hey, did you uh, did you fuck up all of your roles and like that NPC that you were trying to protect got thrown off of a cliff by your best friend's lover? Or it could be like, hey, everybody was kind of feeling really weird because insert outside influence here. So like nobody was super into the role play or nobody could really focus on the game or whatever. Or you as a DM are just like, I I don't know, I didn't feel like that that session really just like clicked or sparked. I felt there was like a lot of dead air. I felt like we didn't get things moving. And now we have like two weeks of waiting between the next session. And I, I don't want to start on that off note. So there's, there's a lot of things that can add to, well, this session didn't go well. And the question is, how do you recover from it? Not only for, like, the games that you have, you know, multiples of every single week, but, like, for the games that you have weeks and weeks of time in between. So if you have, like, one game a month and that one game was bad, how do you feel about getting back into it a month later? Yes. I think, you know, the, the first thing to say when you're talking about something like this is the pressure on like a monthly or a bi-weekly or whatever gaming session to be good enough or at least to not be bad can be super high especially if you super. are coming in and it's like man i worked a 60 hour week and i'm stressed and things aren't going great at home and this game is my one beacon of shining hope where it's like this is going to be the best night of my week it has to go well exactly and because people have different reactions to having, you know, a lot of stressors in their life, they might not feel the same way. They might show up and they'd be like, you know, I'm not really feeling the role playing today, but I'm, I'm here because I promised I'd be here, but I, you know, my heart's not into it. And so somebody else is shining beacon that relies on everyone to be on point. Someone else could be like, I'm really just here to kind of like push around and make jokes because that's how I blow off steam. And someone else oh, is yeah. like, well, I really wanted the story to get moved along because that's how I blow off steam. And so like as a DM, the question is like, how do we mix in a little bit of both? So that both people technically get the stress relief that they need, and yet the game's cohesion stays together. And it, it's it's not it's not easy alchemy. Uh, things explode a lot. 
Absolutely. And I will say, I have been on both ends of that spectrum as a player. There was a time in my life where my only socialization was, uh, at the time, my Wednesday night game. Because I just kind of, I was, like, horrifyingly depressed, and my roommates at the time were not interacting with me on any level. And I wasn't seeing anybody or anything like that, so literally the only socialization I had was like, alright guys, it's game night. I dragged myself out of the house. That can be tough. And there were times when I wanted to be like, okay, real good story tonight, please. And there were times when I just wanted to sit down and talk with somebody. And I will say, being that person in the seat of like, oh, this was a bad session because I couldn't focus. Sucks. Yeah. And not everyone has the um, the wherewithal, or I'd like to say, like, the presence of self or the self-awareness to know if a game sucked because of them or not. They just sort of, like, come in, throw it together, and then they, like, leave. And the other people are like, did that session kind of suck? It did, because of that one guy. Did he ever notice that it was because of that one guy? We should maybe talk to him. Yeah. Well, and generally speaking, it's not going to suck because of one person alone. There are those times. <laughs> I was going to say, that it can. It, it super can, buddy. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> it's usually a culmination of factors. So I, I think the way that we should tackle this, from my mind, is what to do about the session that sucked because of that one person, which should only really take, like, ten minutes of discussion, and then what to do about those times where it can't really be tacked down to like one thing that made it go wrong see my thoughts is that we should focus less on the cause of what causes an off session and more on the recovery um, right well it, I'm, what i mean by that is the cause factors into how you recover from it because sure. at least in my mind if you have the session where it's like all right billy bob was kind of an asshole last week and we need to like come back from billy bob being in a tiffy and throwing the mayor's dog off a cliff well i i'd say that we can more address that in in episodes and we have addressed that about problem players before and talked about problem players and how you deal with problem players and things like that mm -hmm. and we could always rehash that on a more like personal on like a personal level, but I think it it's and and you know like the very basic is you just you talk to them, you find out why they did the thing that they did. Well, I I guess I'm I'm not being particularly clear with this. What I sure. really am trying to get at is this idea of can you ever retcon somebody's bad day? Yes, although it needs to be a thing that is communicated with your group beforehand. Whenever I, I instituted this policy a little while back, um, where it was generally like everybody in the game or everybody in like uh, in like the group has one retcon for the game, where you can say, "I really didn't like the way that that scene went. I'm gonna go ahead and use my retcon." And generally speaking, everyone will agree on it. But that's that's the other part of the rules. The rest of the group have to be like. Yeah, you're right. That was pretty crappy the way that that turned out. We can definitely go ahead and do it again. That's not a problem. 
But there have been times when someone's like, man, I, I kind of want to retcon what happened to the players. Like, no, 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 that was actually really good what happened. It, it changed, like it changed a whole bunch of stuff from, it, it changed like a whole bunch of things that happened. And we want the, we want that to, to you know, to stay in the story, in which case then I just talk to the player about it. I'm like, all right, well, it's not the end of the world because it's a game and also I'm running it. So I'd let you know if it was the end of the world by taking your character sheet. <laughs> or ending the world. Or ending the world and taking everyone's character sheet. But really, no, you can keep your character sheets. I don't want them. What am I going to do with them? I, Put them in my giant dust. folder? Giant folder of character sheets? No. No, all of my players have those for my games. I don't keep Excellent. them. <laughs> but let's... I want to focus on, I want to focus on like, how do you come back from having a, like a dead session, like a bad session? So you have one, everybody kind of leaves feeling, you know, we, we can't, we've gathered together to have a really good time at this game and it just didn't turn out well. Either the story didn't quite end the way we wanted to, player actions didn't have the quite the right results. We weren't on target for the dice. We just sucked dice all night. And like you leave feeling like, man, I wish I'd done something else with my day. If your players leave feeling like that, there is a possibility that they will con- that they won't come back the next time. It's a thing that I've had to do where I notice when certain when a certain number of my players, like just certain players of mine seem to have had a bad time or at the sense that like they leave in like a tiff or are like huffy, I have to give them maybe like a day or two and then I reach out to them because I know if I don't halfway into next week I'm going to get a message being like I think I'm probably going to drop the game because I just left them to think about it and they just only focused on the negativity of it didn't talk about it and then it it just it rampages into something else and that's something that hopefully mitigates itself with certain groups but especially if you are the type of uh, GM who's running games at your local game store or is hosting something on Roll20 where you don't actually have physical players meeting up well the players will be physical they're just not actually meeting in meat space uh the (laughs) the commitment level is potentially a lot lower in something like that so you don't have the social contract of hey this is the time when this friend group hangs out right Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier with something like that for somebody to just say eh you know what this isn't giving me the fulfillment that I required from it, so I'm gonna bounce. Yeah. How, how often does that happen to you? Uh, it has happened to me... I mean, I, I did lose an entire, like, online game because of one rough session. Unfortunately, that rough session was also the first session. Uh, I was playing with a lot of players who would never actually role-played before and I didn't really have a solid enough plan to keep them focused I was trying to wing it and that did not work for that group so I I lost three quarters of those players pretty much forever Uh, yeah and with the ones that did show interest in or did actually come back what I essentially had to do was keep in mind, like, all right, I need to plan things to keep these players engaged and just have no downtime in the two hours that they can give me. Yep. I mean, if your game is only two hours, you don't really want, you know, downtime. It's got to be kind of an action. Go, go, go. 
Well, I mean, with certain players, or with certain groups, I should say, you can absolutely trust in the chemistry between the players and the characters to kind of carry things through and the initiative that they will show and the creativity that they'll bring to it. But that requires a level of trust in your players that I hadn't established at the point Mm. that we were at. So that was me kind of taking the wrong lessons from, hey, I've had really great groups because we've kind of done things a little bit freeform and it's been very collaborative in the storytelling. That was kind of what woke me up to the idea of I need to structure games very tightly. I I completely understand. You have so you have had some experience with off sessions. I've had plenty of experience with off sessions. I have that weird I have like a high standards thing for myself where sometimes I feel like I've had a really off session in the game and my players have to convince me that it wasn't. Or I'm like, man, I'm so sorry, guys. That was that was like nothing really happened. You just all had a picnic and there was no plot. And they're like, no, we actually enjoyed the picnic. Nothing happened. That was great. No, no, please. More picnics next time. Like, no, next time. Don't worry. I'll 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 ramp it up. I'm like, don't please don't. (laughs) That is a really common experience for DMs where you get that moment of oh god nothing happened in that game i planned out like these five encounters and we did the first one at the end of the night and then it was nothing oh no everything is terrible and then the Mm -hmm. players are all just sitting there like that was the best that was so much fun we met a dog (laughs) (laughs) that is accurate and and it it helps to have um a kind of a level setting Especially if you're unsure how the session went, having a level setting at the end of the game. Hey guys, how do we feel about things? We feel like this went well, what things were working, what things were not. You know, a quick a test among you. Yeah, just like a debrief among your players. It doesn't have to happen every single session. If it happens every single session, then your players start to wonder whether you have the confidence to run the game or not. But like every now and then, you can say, hey, how did you guys feel about it? Because there's this, there's this thing as a DM where you feel like you always have to be on and moving things and moving the plot in order to feel like you're useful. And if the players actually do what you sort of want them to do, which is generate their own plot and talk amongst each other and like build their own character interactions and things, but you're not necessarily as privy to it, you might think not a lot happened to this session where the players are like a bunch happened for us personally, but you don't feel like you were ever part of the action. So it just becomes a weird reflection on or like a like kind of like a weird false negative where you think that the game didn't go well but the players actually made it good for themselves which is kind yeah. of the point like that's if you can if you can just if you as a dm at a point in time during the game can like look around the table everybody's just talking to each other and you're like i'm going to go and make myself like a microwave snack and like leave the room and come back and it's like you were it's like you were never gone cuz you were never needed that's actually a good thing things were going well It can, however, be incredibly unsettling if you're not used to that sort of player interaction. Very true. Like, I I know certain gamers, I will say, because I, I wouldn't call them just players, because these are people who have run games before, uh, but folks who will often show these moments of like, man, I, I feel like I kind of failed in that session because you know i made this whole plan and my players bypassed 
half of it. And at that point, I kind of just look at them and go, well, yeah, that's what players do. That's there is a there's an entire subset of player who just wants to beat your game, Mm -hmm. not succeed at the challenges and puzzles and fights that you have set out. They want to beat you at your game. And that can be great. Can be very frustrating depending on how they go about it. But as long as everyone is having a good time, you have succeeded. It's true. The kind of the golden rule of role playing is did everyone have a good time? Yes. All right. Continue. Now, as what long do you as. Uh huh. Go ahead. What do you do if somebody comes up to you after the session and you felt like, all right, that was pretty good. Everybody seems to be pretty into it. And they're like, hey, hey, Colin, that that one felt pretty, felt pretty bad for me. Felt kind of weird. Can we like chat? The answer is always yes. Of course we can chat. And that's happened. Sometimes if someone comes up at the end, they're like, that was a really heavy session for me. I really didn't want to lose that NPC and that happened. Um, is there any way to go back on it? And depending on where we are, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But could we talk about why this was so important to you? Could we talk about why this was happening and in your experience? And, you know, getting to the root of that problem would kind of allow you as a storyteller to, I'd say, shift the themes, so to say. So yeah. if your game is kind of heavy on the death of NPCs, but you have a player that might be very, very, very connected to as many NPCs as humanly possible, maybe you oh, don't... Oh, God, who, who, could, who could that possibly who could... be? You know what? I, I could, I'm actually talking about a myriad of people right now. I'm talking about a myriad of people. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, even <laughs> back in our college group, it's like, oh, you mean all of us? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> even side quest Ryan... Even side quest Ryan, although not the NPCs you'd want him to be attached to, <laughs> he would always be like, "Guys, this 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 villain, this guy, he I don't want necessarily him to go." We're like, "Wait, but we he's a but he's the bad guy." I Everyone, don't know. <laughs> I have found Doctor Victor Frankenstein. He is my best friend now, <laughs> and we are going brunching together. It's Nobody like, hurt this poor, beautiful, misunderstood flower of a man. <laughs> but. But, but that's the bad guy. That's the bad guy. We've been fighting him. All. Well, he makes a really compelling point about uh, the socioeconomic process of the world. And really, I think that the destruction of our entire economy and the lives that are lost would be best in the long run. But now you're the villain. <laughs> Which that brings us to an entirely different kind of off session. What do you do when your players decide to heel turn? Wait. Okay, if the all right, no, that's that's not the question. If the players decide to heel turn, you go with the heel turn. If a player decides to heel turn, that's a different problem. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's the whole party, then you've just got a very wild shift in tone. And we've talked about how tone shifts can be a great thing. Totally. But, but yeah, if it's, if it's, if it's one, one guy, one oh. guy who's like, I think it would be best if I betrayed the entire party 
I'm like, all right, cool guy, very edgy, uh, but you know that there are more people here than you, and for you to win, they'd all have to have a bad time, so that's not how it's going to go down. Not, yes, not in my I game. Yes, but to give them bad time. You've well, been told by my nefarious James Bond villain accent. And you've, you've worked on it. I can see that. I can see that in my heart of hearts. Yes, that you you've have done worked. many hours of YouTube practice. Perfect. And now that you have done that, uh, my, my friend, this person who is playing this character, I can promise you that you can give them a bad time, but not that you will end the game for them. So how about we let you mo- almost have your victory? but then it is triumphantly sealed away in the last moment. Or maybe, I don't know, just strange off-the-wall concept, don't betray the rest of the party. Oh, but my betrayal was integral to character development for betrayal of betrayal. Now I am good guy again. Who is this person, Jess? I have no idea. I just wanted to play in the... I wanted to play in the space, Colin. <laughs> Who is this? I don't even... All right. I just want to do a little yes and with you. I, and you know what? comedy sports, Colin? I, I remember comedy sports. Never negate. Exactly. And I wasn't negating. I you was were just not. suggesting. I was suggesting. No, you, you, you rolled with that very well. Thank you. Thank you. I have a lot of experience. A wealth of experience? A wealth of experience gone round circle to our introduction. I do actually have a lot of experience with people betraying the party. It's a thing that happens a lot in my games. It's something that happens with my group. Everybody has just got like a a weird wild hair up their ass where they're like, I think my character would definitely side with the villain. I'm like, all right, well, you know the rest of the party's not, not gonna like that. Nah, you didn't think of it. I guess we'll find out how it goes in the next episode of this very precarious situation. So what does that next episode look like? And this this comes more with playing a... Um, this comes more with like a talk about playing a villain or playing a villain within a party where if you are a player that wants to play a villain, really, honestly, cool. Really cool. However, you do understand that playing the villain means that you are trying in a certain, like in a certain sense, especially if your goals are completely counter to the party, to ruin everyone else's goals. And the kind of the rule that I go by is if more people want to see the story go one way than another way, it's probably going to go with the majority, especially if that's the way that the story was set to begin with. If you want it to go a different direction, I am fine with you playing a fantastic villain. But a great villain knows how to fall and go in the right direction for it. And even to be redeemed, and I'm completely comfortable running a redemption arc. I love redemption arcs. They can be super fun. But I don't want to be the guy that's running the session where at the end of it I go, yep, and uh, and Joe Bob pulls the lever. And now all the gods that you saved have been rendered into the divine paste that he will now use to build the model of his next universe, Joe Bob's universe. And uh, thanks for playing, guys. That's just how it goes now. Man, you just turned a phrase there that I feel like I am obligated to steal at some point. The divine paste. 
you know what? I'm going to be sad if you don't use it. It's it's pretty fantastic. Um, but you also touched on something leading up to that that I think is very interesting. And it is the idea of gaming as a democratic process or gaming as an experience guided by your storyteller. Hmm. Because there are definitely elements of both, and they are stronger or weaker depending on the system in which you're working. Yep. Like Swords Without Master, which I've talked about a little bit, uh, is a an almost purely collaborative storytelling experience. Like, sure. you don't actually say, no, you can't do that on anything. You trust the players to, I guess... Um, restrict themselves to what works for the narrative but then you get to something right. like i don't know gurps which is very mechanics heavy and like you have the game master who is right dictating everything and depending on how your players respond to those situations you can easily run into these instances where like if somebody doesn't buy into that particular, I'm going to say this phrase for the second time this podcast, social contract, mm. that can pretty quickly devolve into a bad session. Sure. Well, a hundred percent. And I mean, everybody has a different way of running it. I, I know DMs that are like, if you successfully navigate and fool all of the PCs as the like as a villain playing against them and do it, we, we run it. We run it where if everybody gets the opportunity to stop you and they don't stop you, the thing happens the way that it happens. And that's perfectly logical as well. It just depends on the makeup of your gaming group and how open they are to saying, let's say taking loss with with uh with humility like taking loss like not being a sore loser like saying okay well that was a good game we lost but man was that epic how it happened and that doesn't i don't see it that often with a lot of gamers and like that's not a dig against gamers it's just necessarily some of the people that i play with where sometimes people just don't take loss very well i think it's most of us though very yeah. few people are good at taking that l yeah, no, I'm I'm completely the same way. I'm like, oh no. Well, like to to put it plainly, I've been uh, this goes into a different kind of gaming. I've been playing this game called Rimworld a lot in my spare time, and it's like a colony simulator sort of thing, where you have very few people, but all of them have their own backstories and personalities, and they kind of automate their way through this world, and you kind of give them ideas of. Hey, maybe do this thing now. Cool. Uh, I have quit and restarted <laughs> so many colonies because, like, one catastrophic event will kill my three or four favorite colonists. And then I'm just like, oh, well, I no longer care about this particular group of maybe up to ten more people. Time for Ooh. all of you to be deleted and thrown off into cyberspace. <laughs> like, I am a capricious god. It's true, and I think that's indicative of a lot of gamers. Like, uh, we generally don't like to lose. That's why so many games are these power fantasies. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. When I played XCOM 2 and made all of my friends into XCOM soldiers, oh. you better... <laughs> oh, no, I know where this is going. I definitely... I 
Yeah, I definitely, every time a mission got one of them dead, I was like, and we're running that mission again as though it never happened. It was all a dream. And uh, and this time, none of you die, please. <laughs> this time I will make better decisions. Yeah, this this time, this time my friends are not dead forever. Okay, thanks. But, you know, <laughs> there is no reload in tabletop gaming. Because, yeah, like, there's not. You can't basically ask the three to six people sitting around the table, or more or less, depending on what you're playing, like, hey, can all of you kind of just erase the last four hours from your memory and imagination and go at it again as if none of that ever happened? I'll say this. For my own sake? I'll say this. When we do do a, like, when we do a, um, uh, what, what, what did I call them? Retcon? Yeah, that's it. Um, I was thinking of the euchre term, and I was like, that's not what I'm thinking of. No, um, when I did a retcon, um, I, I do warn players ahead of time. I'm like, we can do a retcon where it's like, we'll erase the last the last scene that happened to the Lex, last like X hours that happened. But I will warn you, I do not run the same scene twice. Things will be different in this next scene. You will be you will be approached with, with a slightly different circumstance, slightly different context. Things will not go the way they did before. It won't be the same dialogue options. But you do have a chance to redo the circumstance. Because frankly, I don't record myself when I run the game, and I couldn't run it exactly the same if I wanted to. And if trying to sounds aggravating. Ask. I was literally thinking, like, <laughs> okay, and how much of that is because you just don't actually plan things? You prepare. I do. I prepare. I would never let anyone say that you do not prepare, but you don't plan. I really do not plan. I don't plan at all. I'm just like, all right. Uh, this session, they're going to run into an obstacle. I know there's an obstacle, and here's the dark music that I've pulled up for it. Here's the here's the visuals that I that I sort of want involved in it. And what is the obstacle going to be? Ooh, it's going to be spooky. It's going to definitely be spooky. Oh, wait, we've started the game already. I'll figure it out when we get there. Spooky obstacle, it is formless for now. Hey, impromptu, man. It, it keeps you on your toes. You get some you know, weird stuff. Ask, uh, ask Danny and Ryan, my last Promethean game. That whole thing with, like, a whole horde of um, sublimatis. That was all off the top of my head at the time. I did not know where I was going with the head tree until they got past the head tree. I was like, this is a very dangerous-looking tree full of animal heads. Do you, you want to keep going past it? And Danny's like, you know, I, I, would like, I would like to not. Maybe we should go back on the road and go back to, like, our own thing. And Ryan's like... But there's something about that head tree and the tie and the and the, the space outside of it, and I I really want to know what's going on, and I can't oh I can't God. stop myself. Danny's like, oh you know, if we God. go down there, we can't turn around. This side quest will completely consume us. And he's like, I can't stop myself. I go <laughs> past the head tree. I'm like, well, I guess it's real now. I better figure out what's beha- what's past the head tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there is a reason we call him SideQuest Ryan. <laughs> oh my word, that is. Fantastic. I really, I really, I really hope he's listening. I hope so too, and I also want to commend <laughs> you for the phrase "head tree." Head tree. It's you a... just have such a way with words. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It. They. They wanted it to be their version of Christmas. Ah. There we go. See, it's worse the more we talk about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was I was super down until the idea of like Oh head tree, oh head tree, how horrifying are you? With rabbit heads and antler bits and what's that? Oh, it's some You know what? I'm going to end that there because I did have a rhyme in mind and it did make sense and it was perfectly appropriate, but I'm not going to sing it out in my home when other people might hear me completely out of context. Yeah, that that is something to consider, buddy. That's something yeah. to consider. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah, don't don't worry. Don't worry. Jess will release the entire song for Head Tree. Um, either either recorded or in lyric version on our site because I've now locked him into it. You're welcome. I'm going to give that a 50% chance of actually happening. <laughs> 50% is more than I thought you'd give it, so you know it's, I'm going to pull the W from that. All right. You, you earned it. <laughs> so getting back around, getting back around a topic, what sort of stratagem might you use when dealing with and when we're we're getting close to the end of the episode we haven't even talked about how you come back from a session we just sort of talked about bad sessions so what can we fit in here at the end for how you come back from a bad session let's see for me go ahead you go really, first i i only really have one method a um, single method mostly because the only bad sessions that i've ever had to come back from have been with people that i trust hmm uh, and this this gets into a slightly different version of itself when you're dealing with like a game store group or a pickup group or a freshly formed one. Sure. But it all kind of comes down to the same thing for me, which is at the start of the next session, provided you actually got everybody to come back, which does sometimes require a little bit of outside reinforcement. Uh, but at the start of the next session, you kind of just... Put that feeler out there of like, hey, is everybody good? Hmm. Which I, like, that it's that hammer that I keep driving into the nail that is this podcast of, hey, talk to your players. Communication. Like friends. Communicate. See, there we go. But like, yeah, it's simple, but it usually works. The name of the game is communication. I don't usually wait until the next session. I will reach out. I mean, especially because the group is my are my friends. I reach out to them beforehand. Hey, how are things going on a personal note? You can vent here. It's safe to vent. And then collect all of those opinions and then put it together into the next session. If the session was moving too slow, people don't feel like they've gotten enough done. There's nothing wrong with coming back to the table and saying, all right, I've got a deus ex ma or I've got a, what is it? Immediate res plan. Uh, we're going to start the next scene in the middle of what happens. I'm going to play you up to the things you did to get into this situation, and now we're going to hit the ground running. We're boots on the ground. You were having some trouble, you know, getting the plans and things together, so I went ahead and hand-waved that. You've got the stats to pull off the plans. This is the basics of what you were going for. You did the basics. Now you are in the middle of the shit, and we're going to run with it. So, like, depending on what made it a bad session... 
you can, as a storyteller, pivot. You have time to think about how you can switch around the dynamics to create a much better session next time. You want to leave, even if things start off on the wrong foot, as long as you can leave people off feeling like, oh, that was a great session, a lot of really cool things happened. As long as they leave your house smiling and talking, they will be there the next time, usually. Doesn't matter if your session started off hard, if it ends well, all's well. That's my experience. Also, practically speaking, if you can get a hold of it, legally, pizza and beer, those bandage a lot of wounds. I like how you put in the legally part, and for the first time, I was not thinking of the the 21 and over thing. I was like, are you just telling people not to steal pizza? Is that where we've gotten on this podcast? We're like, please don't steal pizza. Those those, Those pizzas have homes. They're not necessarily in your stomachs. I'm now just trying to figure out the world where, like, someone can walk into a grocery store and shoplift multiple frozen pizzas. They've and got I think interesting. If you go with like the Totino's party pizzas. That is, or maybe for you legal have legal purposes. My attorney is advising me to edit this part out. <laughs> maybe if you have very interesting anatomy, you can get the other pizzas. Like if you're a really like round in the way that pizzas are, person. Now I'm just imagining how it would feel. Especially on a day that it is as hot as, like, today and tomorrow have been and will be. Just walking out of a grocery store with a frozen pizza just slid up, tucked in against my back. Just like, ah, yes, this is a pleasant feeling. I can go about the rest of the day in peace. (laughs) Please don't go about the rest of your day. Because pizzas are cold. <laughs> I've been so sing-songy this episode. You know what? I don't mind it. You know what? I don't I don't mind it. And if people also don't mind it and want to look for any other times that you got sing-songy in episodes, how would they find those episodes, my friend? How would they reach us? You can find all of our episodes on iTunes. Google Play, Podcast, Music, whatever they call their thing, and Spotify, or if you don't want to go to any of those and you want to go directly to the source, the you can source. go to com. If you have a story or a suggestion or a question for us, you can send those to us at our email address, which is... dodecapodcast at gmail.com. That is correct. You can see, like, the six photos that I've posted on our Instagram at Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter and see, like, the six cool things that I've retweeted (laughs) at Podcast Dodeca. Not the same as the other ones. It's weird. But that's also a good way to reach out to us if you have something under 280 characters that you want to say. But also six things. It's always the six. Uh, and if you want to see the six Tumblr posts that I've made, we are also on Tumblr, and that one is also Dodeca Podcast. Uh, and with that, I have inserted the number of the beast into this podcast, and oh, we you may saw that now, too. yes, uh, we yeah. we may now um, summon Beelzebub and end the world of this episode. So, from all of us here at Dodecahedron, thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you on our next adventure. Or apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs>